Let's stand together. Set free. 
We've come to praise him today. Don't you believe anything other than you are exactly who he has called you to be. Turn to somebody, say, good morning. The question for all of us this morning is, are we willing to love him with our whole heart? Not just stick Jesus in our pocket, but give him our whole heart.
Father, we thank you for that grace, the unmerited favor of God. We can't do anything to earn that. You just freely give it to us, Lord. We thank you that you've promised us that you will hold us in your arms of grace. And Father, you, only your power is the power that can break those chains that tend to bind us up, whether it's fear or discouragement Whatever it is, Lord, we know that your power and your grace is the solution. And so, Father, we thank you so much that your spirit is here with us now. We thank you that we can open our hearts and hear from you. God, I pray that you'll be with James today. Lord, thank you so much for their safe travels here, for he and charity, for all that they mean to you and the kingdom and to Salem Fields Community Church. Father, thank you for every person here today. God, we have come here today realizing our humanity will take us down, but you, Jesus, will lift us up. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your sweet, sweet presence here right now. And I pray that no one will leave this place without gaining hope, hope because of you. And so, Father, whether online or in this room or in the cafe or the children, the students, Lord, we just pray that you will pour out your blessing on us today. We lift you up. We give you all the glory and all the praise for everything that happens here. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Watch this. Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. We're really glad that you're here with us today. If there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to ask one of our welcome team members in the green shirts. If you're a first time guest, be sure to stop by the table in the lobby to learn more about Salem Fields and to pick up your free gift. Parents, at Salem Fields Community Church, we really want to partner with you to help your children discover and embrace a growing relationship with Jesus. Infants up to kids in fifth grade can check in at the stations in the big lobby. Students in sixth through 12th grade are welcome to join the service in student room next to the main auditorium. Your children will be safely cared for by our trained staff and volunteers, all with current background checks. If you're a new parent and you're not quite ready to take your baby to the nursery, if you need to, you can watch the service in the family room where we have comfortable private seating, toys, and a changing station. Now is a great time to pull out your phone to use your favorite social media app, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. They're all super easy ways to invite your friends to SFCC. And, and now's a good time for you uh, to, to silence your phone. I'm recording, just a second, please. Our programs include all the basic information you want to know about Salem Fields, including service times, contact information, as well as news and announcements. The connection card is one of the best ways to communicate with us. So fill that out now, then you can update your contact info, ask for a prayer and update us on all your health and hospital needs, and request info on small groups, upcoming missions, and serving. If you're watching online, you can fill out the online card by clicking on the blue connection card button above the chat room or contact us link on salemfields.com. More than anything, we just really hope that you're able to connect with God today. And remember that Salem Fields, we exist to know Jesus and to share real hope with anyone, everywhere.
That's what we do around here. Okay, y'all have a good 4th of July. Yay, America. <laughs> okay, everybody, <laughs> I knew I'd get that out of you, Jim. Yay, America. Red, white, and blue. All right. So uh, everybody got a program slash bulletin, right? Pull that out right now. I mean, I don't mean to be so direct. Would you please pull that out? <laughs> and inside there is a list of all of the announcements, all of the things that are going to be going on at Salem Fields through the week and uh, upcoming. So read that, take that home, put it on your refrigerator. Uh, I hope that you're getting the e-news. If you don't, you can put that on your connection card and find out how you can get that. And uh, one thing that's happening this week is movie night on Friday night. How many people came to the last one? It, the weather was absolutely perfect last time. So we'll see if that happens again on Friday night at 7.30. It's the Lion King. It's going to be a good time. Popcorn, uh, bring your chair and just enjoy an evening out, a great movie, and just being with friends. But the whole point of this is for you to invite your friends. There are some people that may never want to go to church at all. And they may never want to do this, but they may come to a movie night. So just make friends and bring your friends, and it's going to be a good time together. All right, we're going to take our tithes and offering at the next uh, song. And James and Charity are here from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. It's always fun to have them here. James looks very American, but Charity looks very traditional, right? That's beautiful. <laughs> and uh, we don't want you to become too Americanized, James, okay? We love your culture. <laughs> so uh, Jody chooses the music, and uh, she said, I'm going to choose one that will stick in the heads of people the whole week. It's called a brain worm, right? It's going to get in your head. And uh, you're going to be listening to it all week. That's what Joe Hoffman said today. But we're doing it in honor of them. Africa.
send me anywhere, but don't send me to Africa. Well, in 2004, the Lord sent me to Africa, and I met two of the finest people I've ever met in my life, and they remain fine people. And so we're privileged today to have James and Charity Anwa with us. They pastor our church in, in uh, Port Harcourt, Nigeria. It's a growing church, got a lot going on, and God has truly blessed us there. And uh, it's been because of your faithfulness and giving that we're able to have that ministry happening there uh, every week. It's happening even when you're not there, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, so we're, we're excited about that. And James is going to share with us today a message that the Lord has given him. And uh, we're going to take a love offering at the end of the service. So get those big checks written and uh, get your credit cards out. Uh, we just want to bless them real good today because, you know, we send them 2000 a month uh, to support their ministry and, uh, and, and to support them, and most of that money goes to the minister. So I'm going to ask them today to use this love offering to put some food in the house and things like that that they could really use. So, as, uh, so I, I'm doing that now, so I don't have to take as much time at the end, uh, and it can, God can prepare your heart to give uh, a great love offering. Charity uh, is uh, one of the quietest uh, people I know <laughs> until she has something important to say, and she has something she wants to say today. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. We are glad to be here. Greetings from my family. Greetings from the young children, the young boys and girls. They all say, well done. When we say well done, it's another way of saying thank you. So we say thank you for all you have been doing for us. We appreciate all you have done. For the young boys and girls, every time we meet, we have a pack of biscuits, of cookie, and uh, a bottle of soda. It's because of your generous giving. And we are so glad to know that you're also praying for us. God is answering your prayers, that the challenges we meet, God, in one way or the other, you know, comes up, shows up, and, uh, you know, those challenges we are able to overcome. Thank you so much. We still covet your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. One of the challenges facing us is the young soccer team. We have the team in place. We have the coach, but we do not have a venue to practice. So it's a challenge you're facing. We trust God that as you pray with us, God will open a place to we'll have a, a venue for them to practice. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Last Christmas, you gave us a surprise package. We're so happy, so happy with, you know, that surprise package. 
We want to appreciate all of you, you know, that made it happen, body and gay, the members of the board and everybody that made it happen. Thank you so much, you know, because so many others were blessed, you know, by your generous uh, surprise for the Christmas. Thank you. We can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Also, did you hear what she said? They need us to pray that they find a practice field. And so will you commit to praying that God will provide a place for them to practice? The soccer field, the soccer team is a means to reach young people for Christ. And as they are able to do that, put together that soccer team, they're able to share Jesus uh, with them. And so we need to pray that they'll find that place to practice. Uh, you know, also, uh, uh, we're in the process, we have been for several years of trying to build a building uh, for them to uh, have a ministry center, not and a church, but basically a ministry center to provide uh, job training, to provide medical care mm -hmm. and education and things for that's needed in Nigeria. And we're just kind of stuck on that, but we're still believing. Uh, the last time they were here, they bought material to, build, to put the roof on. And uh, as uh, they were here, they hired somebody to guard the property and the materials, and the guy guarding the property and the materials sold it, sold the materials. So uh, they continue to uh, try to make progress. It seems like uh, we take uh, three steps, four steps, uh, three steps forward and one step back, but God has perfect timing. And so if you could pray about that. We need about 85,000 U.S. dollars uh, to finish that uh, project. And we're praying and believing that that is going to happen uh, in my lifetime Amen. and in your lifetime. Amen. You'll live longer than I do because you're much younger. But anyway, <laughs> so would you pray about the needs in Nigeria? God has opened a minute. I'll tell you, when you drive into Port Harcourt, Nigeria, it's chaotic. Tim's been there. And it's a chaotic place, but it's kind of peaceful to drive in and see the banner that says Salem Fields Community Church, Nigeria. And uh, to know that God is doing a work around the world. Uh, because of your generosity. And today, uh, we're just privileged to have you guys here. And thank you for all you do. You sacrifice much, mm -hmm. and uh, we're appreciative of that, James and Charity. So thank you very much, and God bless you as you speak to us today. Amen. Thank you. Again, let me thank you. We can't thank you enough for your love expressed in your generous giving and prayers. We're really grateful. And um, I see God in all of this because um, in nobody. Sold into the slave market of sin. Then I was chosen. And then loved 
and adopted. Yes. Chosen. And then loved and adopted. The love was so strong that it had to be adopted and made a heir of the one who adopted me. Indeed, I adopted him because he had no child. He had one. And he made me a joint heir with his only child. Can you say with me to yourself, I'm chosen. I am loved. I am adopted. And now I'm here. God Almighty chose me. He chose you. And loved you and I so much that he adopted you and I to be his own children and made us his heir, joint heir with Christ. What else but to enjoy him? What else but to live with him with grateful hands, with gratitude? But often we don't really enjoy him. We complain all day. We, we live in fear. We live in frustration. It shouldn't be so. God knew all of this. That there is one amongst us who opposes him and comes to lie to us that God doesn't care for us. That God is a terrible tax master who is always demanding from us. Confused and blind. You grow up in the dark all day long, murmuring, complaining, frustrated, crying, defeated in shame. But God had a plan. He had a strategy for victory. Because he knew all along that this will be. And he wants us to really enjoy him. You know what Jesus did? After he bought us out from the slave market, he didn't allow us to go that way because we'll be captured again anyway by the slave master. So he took us by his hands and brought us to his father's house and said, James, now you're my father's house. Don't ever think of yourself as a stranger. You are a son in the house. You have access to everything in the family. Enjoy yourself. While you were out there, you paid for everything you ate and drank. Though you labored for your master, but because you were a slave, you're not being paid. And for everything you ate and drank, 
you were owing. So don't come and live here with that mentality. In this new home, all things are yours. Just as I do, like many of us, I still struggle with that old mentality. When I live in the slave market of sin, I think that I have to work to pay for what I enjoy. And I think that I'm in debt. So God showed me his strategy to overcome all of that. And this couple of minutes, I will share with us the strategy for victory, the indispensable experience. Strategy for victory, the indispensable experience. God wants us to experience him as the strategy for victory. What kind of experience is this? Long ago, in the Bible, Israel was in captivity and they came out of captivity. Few guys came earlier, led by Zerubbabel. The king have told them, go home and rebuild the temple. The Lord enables you. They came and they tried to build a temple. Now remember, and the temple is a type. The church today is a temple of God. Amen. And as they tried to build a temple, they meant opposition. They were being distracted by the surrounding nations who they wouldn't make any progress. They tried severally, they tried severally, and they gave up. And then came the prophet and said to Zerubbabel, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. These mountains that represent the nations of, of opposition will become a plain before you, O Zerubbabel. Your hands lay the foundation of this temple. Your hands will also complete the building. And there shall be a shout of grace, grace, grace. Jesus came and said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Like I said here, the church is a temple. 
what was his own strategy. He acknowledged that there would be opposition. That's why he said, the gates of faith shall not prevail. God all along, from the earliest time of creation, has his strategy to overcome all opposition. For when creation began, the Bible says there was darkness covered the face of the earth. What was God's solution to that darkness that covered the face of the earth? The Bible says the spirit brooded over the surface and God says, let there be light and there was light. So God has planned all along that the strategy to overcome all that oppose him and the church and his people is the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, was conceived in his mother's womb or was filled in his mother's womb with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the same. And none of them did anything apart from the Holy Spirit. Now, if I were to ask a question, like I do ask, what is the most urgent task of the church? The most urgent task of the church? Well, to preach the gospel. To tell people about Christ. So we go out and tell people about Christ or we'll give our resources like you do to help us preach the gospel. But then the follow-up question will be, what is the first obligation of the believer in Christ? Jesus answered that question. Because in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he told the disciples, after he rose from the dead, Say, go now to the nations and proclaim the good news. I am risen. Now men can be saved. I've made a sacrifice. And as he told them, I could imagine in my mind, Peter picking his heart or his cane like my own, and John and James and Andrew and all that running to go and preach the gospel. He said, hey, hold on. Don't be too fast. I know it's urgent. Wait in Jerusalem until you be empowered from an eye. Until you be endued with power. Until you are filled with the Holy Ghost from an eye. That's your first obligation. Because I will build my church and the gate of hell will not prevail against it. And my strategy for victory is you being full of the Holy Spirit. The arms of flesh will fail us. We can't do this work on our own. 
Jesus said, I will send him. But it will not come out like go away. So it's needful that I depart that he will come. He, he who will come is one with me, just like me. Though not physically like me. He's coming. The Bible tells me in John Gospel, think chapter 18, Jesus has been arrested. Before now, Peter has boasted and said, if all men deny you, I will not deny you. I will stick to you. Jesus said, no, Peter, before the cock crow, you deny me three times. He said, hey, you don't believe me? I said, I will not deny you. I will be with you. You can see how free we are. Jesus has been arrested now. And Paul to prove, I mean, sorry, Peter to prove that, you know, he will not deny Jesus, followed. But a maid saw him and said, oh, your one is full. I said, no, 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 I don't know him. I don't know him. Fear. But he just said, I will not deny you. And then Jesus was crucified and was buried. What did, Peter, what did Peter do? Peter, we are told, for fear of the Jews, hid in a room, all the doors, all the windows, shut to tell you the gravity of the fear that was in Peter. Peter was so afraid that even when Jesus appeared to him after the, after the resurrection, the Bible tells me that Peter told the other disciples, I'm going a fishing. Peter was so afraid that he lost his vocation because he has been called earlier of Jesus to do what? Follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. So let with us, we will live in fear and lose our commission or lose our vocation. Peter did. He went fishing. But this same Peter, who was so afraid that he locked up himself in the room and forsook his vocation, his commission by Christ, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and it was full of the Holy Spirit. He preached boldly. Fear was gone. Confidence restored. Boldness restored. Vocation restored. Think about that. Paul had gone to Ephesus to preach the gospel. Before he arrived in Ephesus, Apollos had arrived earlier and had preached and had some converts, disciples. 
So when Paul got to Ephesus, he called together the disciples. Now, Ephesus was given to idolatry. They have the great goddess Diana, given to magic, to worship of demons. They were evil spirits operating. And Paul knew that Jesus said earlier, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Here was a city given to idolatry, idol worship, to demonic worship, magic, and what have you. So the first thing he did was to ask the disciples, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Because he knew that God's strategy for victory is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, we have no more, we have not heard about the Holy Spirit. So he told them about Jesus, baptized them in water, and laid hands on them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he began to walk. And the Bible says, the church in Ephesus prevailed, for it is written, so mightily grew the word of God in Ephesus and prevailed. So the church prevailed in Ephesus because it was a church that was full of the Holy Spirit. In agreement with Jesus' strategy, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail Again, why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells you and I in Romans chapter 8, in verse 26, we do not know how to pray. The American version, the King James says, we don't know what to pray for. But Jesus said earlier in John Gospel, he said in chapter 14, chapter 15, he said, whatsoever you will ask the Father in my name, I will do it. Very easy. My business is to ask. It is business to do. So easy. So easy. I just ask. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. I just ask. And he will do it. But we ask. And nothing happens. Why? Why? Romans 8 tells us, he said, we don't know what to ask. What does it mean? Because we don't ask according to the will of God. In prayer, we don't ask God to change his will. 
in prayers, we align our ways with the will of God. I say it again. In prayers, we don't ask God to change his will. But in prayers, we align our will with the will of God. To do what he has ordained all along that he will do because he's a sovereign God. So the Bible tells you now in Romans chapter 8, 26, and verse 27, he said, the Holy Spirit help our weakness and enable us to pray in the will of God. Strategy for victory. We are so bombarded in our minds with all kind of needs. We are so confused and sometimes so selfish. We just ask. We just ask. Let me ask you. Today, will it be proper to pray like Elijah? Let there be famine, oh God. Let there be famine. Does it make sense? People will die. Right? People will be hungry and they will die. He said, he prayed earnestly, and there was no rain. There was famine. Read the account. People died. There was famine. Was that the will of God? He wanted to bring them to repentance. He wanted them to reflect that it was useless to abandon the God of Israel for Baal. That God was a supplier. So if you look at that time when he prayed, let there be famine, it didn't make sense. But it was the will of God. For the Bible says, and he prayed earnestly again that there should be rain. So you can see that the motive Inspired by the Holy Spirit, was not because he was wicked and he wished that people perish. No, his desire was that they come to repentance. So he prayed again. So we can see from that story, agreeing with verse twenty-eight of Romans chapter eight, God causes all things to work together for our good when we are prayed by the help of the Holy Spirit according to the will of God. We struggle in prayers. Nothing happens. Why? Because we have neglected him who is sent to help us, the Holy Spirit. For free. He wants to help us. Like I was saying, I came into Freddy's bunk. I don't know my way. Like I was telling my wife, I said, every road and every house looks the same. <laughs> but thank God, body drives me around. 
Now think about it. If I neglect him, if I abandon him, will I find my way? I'll be lost. That's what we have done to the Holy Spirit. God sent him to guide us, to help us. But many of us are either ignorant of his presence or we deliberately ignore his presence to our own detriment. But I want to encourage us that he is here. He has come to live in us, to help us, to guide us, to bless us. The Bible says he will guide us into all truth. So I'm not afraid I will go astray because there is one who has been sent to guide me into all truth. Like in America and in Africa, we have false teachers, false prophets, magicians who call themselves preachers, who do signs and wonders and deceive people to take their money. A Christian lady came to me and said, James, I said, yes, I met in the market square. He said, there is a young man. He's a man of God. He does signs and wonders. And all of that. Right now, the young man is in a house. I go and meet him. I allow her to finish. When he was done, I said, are you done? He said, yes. He said, that young man is not a Christian. He's not using the power of God. He said, what? Have you met him before? I said, no, I don't even know him. You just told me now. He said, how did you know he's not a Christian? He's not a man of God. I have the Holy Spirit. He will reveal truth to me. By him, I'm able to discern. And she left angry to the husband. The husband is a lecturer, PhD in the university. She was a Christian. And he drove and came to me and said, James, how do you mean? That, that young man, he's living in my house. And I've experienced power. I said, what power? He said, when we're praying, we're to have dinner, I would ask him to pray. As he was blessing the dinner, we saw fire from heaven upon the food. And that is magic. He took the Holy Spirit to help me know that this is not for real. This is false. Many of us today are deceived. Even as Christians, because we have neglected the Holy Spirit who is sent to guide us, who is sent to teach us. People ask me, James, you are a gifted teacher and you teach us the word of God. I said to them, I'm only a visiting lecturer. In you reside your teacher, the Holy Spirit. He is the permanent teacher that resides in you. So you can always cross-check what I, the visiting teacher, tells you with the resident teacher. You know, in the college, or sorry, in the universities, right? We have the resident lecturer and the visiting what? Lecturer. Amen. And I said, so he's in you to teach you, to guide you. Don't be afraid. Some said, if I read the Bible, I don't understand. I said, no, you can understand. If you have the Holy Spirit, because Jesus 
met the disciples in Luke 24 and began to expound to them the scriptures, the Psalms, the prophets. And Luke, in giving this account in Acts, he said, after Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, gave them instructions, which means it was by the Holy Spirit that Jesus taught and opened their understanding. And the word of God is light. The word is light. But what is light to a blind man? Any use? No. If a man is blind and you bring him to a place where there's light like this, so much light, will he see? No. So the word of God is light. But the Holy Spirit gives sight. So apart from the Holy Spirit, we are blind. So if you have the Holy Spirit and the word, you can never stumble. You can never go astray. But why, how come we have the word and we stumble and we go astray because we have neglected him who gave us sight to see. Jesus have gone. But we have no excuse because he didn't leave us like orphans. He sent a comforter, the one who walked alongside with us to teach us, to guide us, to give us the victory over the powers of hell. There are demons Demon spirits, they are all over the world, in Africa and in America. They transform, the Bible says, the devil has transformed himself into an angel of light. So how do I know this is darkness? When he has transformed himself into an angel of light, he will take the Holy Spirit dwelling in me Open my eyes to see and to understand how much we need him today in the church. How much we need him today in the church. Something in the Bible made a shipwreck, but thank God for repentance. Filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb and grew up and went forth doing great things for Israel as a deliverer. The power of Samson was not in his long hairs, though symbolic. Neither was it in the jawbone of that donkey. Neither was it his raw physical strength. It was the Holy Spirit. But he was careless. And many of us are also careless. 
by our conduct. He was told how to live as an Israelite, but he was careless and began to live like the Gentiles. And the Holy Ghost was grieved and kept grieving him or he was quenched. And I hate that experience. May God forbid that none of us have that experience. I prefer the experience of Jacob. Jacob was running away from his brother, Esau, and he came to a place and he laid down his head, his stone as a pillow, and then God appeared to him and he said, I never knew that this place is the house of God. That's a better experience than Samson is recorded. See, he never knew that the Spirit of God had left him. What a tragedy. And many of us today, the Spirit of God have left us, who have grieved him. It's just there, dormant. As Jesus said, and knock, and knock at the door. In that text, he was talking to Christians, not to non-Christians. He said, and knock at the door. What door? The door of a Christian. Say, and knock. He said to the church, and knock at the door. Come on. The Holy Ghost has been set aside. But we must bring him back. Not just to be present. Not just to be prominent but to be preeminent. I say it again. We must have the Holy Ghost to come back to our lives, not just to be present or prominent, as good as it may be, but to be preeminent. Where he has absolute sway, where he rules and controls 24-7. That is why Paul Knowing the counter in the church of Ephesus, wrote to the church later in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 18, but 17 and 18, we give it clearly. He said, Don't be unwise, don't be fools, but understanding what the will of God is. And he went on. What the will of God? Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with pleasure. Don't be drunk with self-interest. Don't be drunk with human wisdom. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, verse 19 and 20, you will have spirit-filled worship. And then verse 21 to chapter 6, verse 9, you have spirit-filled relationship. Relationship with your neighbors, with your colleagues that are spirit-filled. Relationship with your spouse that is spirit-filled. Relationship with your parents as a child or with your children as parents that is spirit-filled. Spirit-filled means spirit-controlled. 
And spirit controlled me to be in the will of God. And in the will of God, nothing goes wrong. For God causes all things to work together for your good when you are in the will of God. And you can only be in the will of God when you are spirit controlled. The spirit controlled is spirit filled. So he said, keep on being filled. That's why I call it the indispensable experience. It's not a one-time experience. Keep on being filled. That's the Greek word. Keep on being filled. Keep on being filled. Keep on being controlled. And you also have spirit-filled warfare. Spirit-filled warfare. I wish I could continue. My time is up. But the Holy Spirit will teach you, will reveal to you whatever time they allow me to reveal to you now. Let us pray. Say, Holy Spirit, come back. Come and be preeminent. Not just present or prominent, but preeminent. Come, have absolute sway over my life. That is the strategy for victory. Let my experience of you be indispensable. Oh, always having you. Always having you. Lord, thank you for your love for us. You chose us. You loved us. And you adopted us and made us your hell. Oh, Spirit of the living God, you only can make these experiences a reality in our lives. Come do it and never cease to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I love you all. God bless you. We're going to stand and worship together. And as we stand today, you know, I was thinking about what James said. Jesus told the disciples to go back and wait. And they went back. They did the right thing, and they went back, and they waited on the Holy Spirit. And Jesus showed up by the power of the Holy Spirit. But they had to wait on him. And I just wonder today, if I would just lock all the doors, and I would say, you know what, if you want victory in your spiritual life, and I'm talking to me as well, if you want victory in your spiritual life, stay here. Stay here today until you're filled with the Holy Spirit because God promises us if we'll submit, if we'll surrender, if we'll wait on him, he will fill our lives with his spirit and that we can live with victory. The problem today for us is we're in too impatient to wait. And I just believe today that maybe God's calling us to wait, some of us. I'm not going to lock the doors, don't worry. <laughs> but maybe God's calling you and speaking to your heart today that you need victory that you're not experiencing victory in your spiritual life. I went, to the, I went to the altar this morning because I feel like that I've not been experiencing all that God has for me during these last days, few days and weeks. And I believe by faith that God filled me with his spirit. And I believe today God wants to fill some of you with his spirit, but you can't be in a hurry to get out of here. Or you can't be ashamed. You gotta wait and you gotta submit and we have to surrender to be filled with his spirit. If we want victory, truly, if we want to live victory in our spiritual lives, God has that for us. And he calls us to come and wait and surrender. 
and he will come and he will fill us with his spirit and we receive that by faith. As we stand and worship together today, I'm not going to keep you, but if you're during this time of worship, if you feel led to come and surrender and wait on God to be filled with his spirit, then I invite you to come and, uh, and just worship him now as we uh, join together.
Father, we're grateful for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your power, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have come this morning and you have shown up in our lives. And Lord, many have come and they have surrendered, Father. They're, they're waiting even now, Lord, to be filled with your spirit. And I pray, Lord, as we wait this morning, that you would move in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that you would work not only, move not only here in this room, but throughout the church, Lord, in this building. Father, for those that are worshiping online, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move. And Lord, that you would fill us. And God, that we would uh, just live our lives in victory, Lord. And that you would fill us and continue to fill us, Lord, as we live obedient to you today and in the days ahead. Father, we're thankful today for James and Charity, and we pray your blessings upon them and upon their, chil <clears throat> their children. We pray blessings upon their family back in Nigeria today, Lord, their church, our church, Lord. I pray that you would bless them this day, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just come in a mighty way into uh, the lives of those folks there, Lord, in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, and, and Father, even our ministry in India, and, and Manu and his family, will you bless them, Lord? I know that Manu and his family pray for Salem Fields uh, weekly, Lord, and I pray, God, that you bless them as well. And Father, I pray this morning as we give a love offering that we'll give generously, Lord, as unto the Lord, an offering of our love and our support for James and Charity and the ministry there in Fort Harcourt. God, will you just today do something in all of our hearts and all of our lives that many and maybe we've never experienced before, Lord. As we close out our time together, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for your presence here this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, I